Hello and welcome to Hardware Intel, the in-ear edition, the podcast from UAP exploring how hardware can help shape our future. You need employees that want to come to work, they want to enjoy what they do. So if you invest in the staff that you've got and you give them full confidence, you know, I'd like to think some staff come skipping to work. From households to large-scale industrial, we're going to be discussing a range of topics with expert insight from within the building industry and thoughtful opinions about how hardware is advancing communities around the world. You know, there's advantages for a business as well to do training in this way. I mean, it's very flexible. You can reach more people. The cost is lower. You're not taking them away from their desks for a long period of time. I'm Sian Astley, a TV presenter and property expert, and I'm fascinated by the impact good hardware solutions can have on our lives. In today's episode, we're talking about the importance of training staff in a modern business. Joining me today are Wendy Rushton, UAP Operations Director, and Nicola John, who's a consultant from NJJ Business Solutions. Welcome to Hardware Intel, ladies. Good morning. Hi. So I believe you two have been working together. Tell me a little bit more about what you do in your respective jobs. Nicola, do you want to start? So I haven't always been a business consultant. My history is in uh, construction and door manufacture and um, have been running companies uh, over the last sort of 20 to 30 years. But uh, alongside that, I've been doing a lot of training and development of, of my own staff. Um, I did used to work for a training company as a management trainer, so I've sort of coupled that experience along with my business experience to provide solutions for some of my customers. UAP happened to be my first customer um, when I ventured out on my own, which was great because Wendy's so friendly that it was was nice to work with somebody who has the same sort of ideas and things as I do. Um, And really I tailor the training and development and looking at procedures, processes, all sorts of things within an organisation that can help them um, with their plans, their strategic plans. So in UAP's sort of um, example, they're looking at um, growing the company, adding additional product lines, making it more streamlined, working smarter. So that's what I've been helping them with really through training and development. And it must be fantastic then to work with a company that you've known for a long time, I mean, especially at the minute. Those kind of relationships are really important, aren't they? They are. And all of there's a really good culture at UAP. So the staff are really open. They're really looking forward to learning new things, sharing their knowledge. So it makes my job really easy. So I I facilitate, really. Excellent. And Wendy, what about uh, what about what you do? I am the operations director, so I am kind of in the middle of the core of the business. I've been with UAP now over 20 years, and I started as a little young, fresh girl coming over from Northern Ireland. The rain was pouring down when I came from interview, so I was like a little drowned rat. But yeah, I moved to England in August 2000, joined the company in September 2000, and never looked back since. Uh, My actual role in UAP is... Uh, the operation side, so it's literally, I say, the core of the business, making sure that all problems solving, everything, that, anything that has any issues in the business can be uh, sorted and resolved. And also, to get them, them, them goods out the door, look at uh, orders, run the warehouses, run all the stock. Uh, so, yeah, can be quite a busy, busy, busy job I have. It certainly sounds like so. Between the two of you, quite a force, aren't you? And I'm looking forward to hearing how you have facilitated training during this incredibly difficult period because that must have been quite a challenge. How important is it for businesses to be fully up to date on training methods for employees? 
Well, for me, the staff is the biggest asset that any company have. We are an ISO 9001 registered business. Training is quite a big part of the ISO. Prior to our takeover, prior to COVID, we did on-the-job training. We tried to develop staff, sometimes in the classroom environment, actually shadowing people in their own jobs. And it was good. Uh, it got through us all the audits. It, it got through us uh, staff development as much as we could, but it was quite limited because when you put people that have maybe left school 20 years, 30 years, even 10 years, and you put them in the classroom environment, they, they fall asleep. You know, some people are for, very academically bright. They can sit and look at a textbook and they can text stuff in. But people that aren't that bothered, it's very hard to engage them. So we decided then to look at the staff, what sort of training that we could provide them. Uh, Nicola had a very good relationship with our CEO, was very well known in the industry. So we decided to have a chat with her, see what she could offer and have a, a little bit more of a bespoke training skill for our staff to develop them. So I think it's very important to get little pillars in each section. It's all very well having a very strong top management team. Um, you also need a very strong middle management team and you, you need employees that want to come to work. They want to enjoy what they do. So if you invest in the staff that you've got and you give them full of confidence, you know, I'd like to think some staff come skipping to work. I'm sure I'm <laughs> wrong, but, you know, it's a nice place to work because you feel valued. You feel part of something. You feel part of a bigger group. You feel like you're making a difference, you know, and that you're not just a number. So as we grow in UAP and the number, the staff numbers get bigger and bigger, we want to bring the staff with us and make sure that everybody's happy in their own little unit. In the middle of your answer there, you talked about you wanting people to skip to work. And actually, the irony is, obviously, that's a that's a, a phrase that we, we use. It trips off the tongue, but people aren't skipping to work. Are they skipping down to their kitchen yeah. or skipping down to their dining room? Exactly. Yeah. So would you would you sort of wholeheartedly agree with that then, Nicola, that during this time, it's so critical for businesses to keep up to date with training? Okay, so I've worked with UAP since February. And at that time, nobody knew that we were going to obviously go into a pandemic and um, I, I couldn't do any face-to-face training. And um, so that could have posed an issue. But because of the culture, I think, of UAP... And the people that work there, we were able to adapt it really, really quickly. Has that been a surprising outcome, that that level of positivity? It can be sometimes, yeah. I just think it's important to make people feel important. It's important to make people feel wanted. You know, you want to be going to work and think you're making a difference and doing something. You don't want to just come in, drag yourself into work, think, you know, let's look at that five o'clock time, let's get home. We recently changed our, our working hours and, and operations because we listened to the staff and they said some of them would rather get early first thing. So uh, some people would like to work late, you know, they accommodate personal life and stuff like that. But for me, if you have a staff member who's fully confident, fully trained, knows exactly what they're doing, they then are looking at everybody else and thinking can I show you what I know this is how you do this this is how you do that if you've got staff that they don't understand what they're doing they don't know they don't have any direction they don't know what the management want they don't know what the company focus is then they lose interest in the business then they're not caring about what they do they're not doing the job to the full potential and that's where you start getting problems if you bring and build a team of people together and you make everybody feel important that they're making a difference it really makes it a much more enjoyable place to work Mm. That high level of staff morale that has come from you implementing these 
this training programme. That must surely help with staff retention, does it? 100%, yeah, 100%. People want to stay. If you speak to anybody, you want to, everybody looks into the future and think, what am I doing with my life? What am, what am I doing with my, my career? Some people are career-minded. Some people want to get promotions. Some people want to go higher and higher. Some people are quite happy to come to work, do your job and go home. You still want to do the best of your ability. I don't know anybody, certainly, that works in UIP that just want to come in and just do the bare minimum because they want, they care about the company, they, they care, you know, in operations, they care about me, they, they care about that I have to answer to the rest of the board, I've got targets to meet, you know, they want to help me because I've got that personal relationship with them. The same as the other directors will be all the same with their all their own individual teams. So yeah, definitely I think if you respect other people, then they'll respect you back. And if they want to come to work and enjoy enjoy what they do and they feel they're being looked after, then of course they're going to want to stay and they're not a number, are they, at that mm. point then? Mm. And would you agree with that, Nicola, not, not only at UAP but sort of across... The, the other companies that you work with as well? Yes, definitely. I work with companies from all sorts of industries, you know, even training some uh, training company staff and things. Um, and that is definitely the case. Everybody wants to feel like they contribute. People want uh, to work in a culture where, um, you know, people are supported. And that's certainly been the case working with the teams in UAP. I mean, I used to really look forward to them. I am also, you know, at home working and not seeing people, uh, you know, the same as everybody else. And working with the teams and looking forward to working with them, seeing them develop, even sometimes just develop skills they already had, sometimes learning something new or seeing something in a different perspective, having the time to chat about it in a team and in a group and really just, um, you know, get the best out of them because they're all really, you know, professional people, knowledgeable people, really helped my um, sort of COVID summer, if you like, really, I felt like I was putting something into the companies that I worked with. But you're right, uh, you know, everybody wants to feel like that when they're at work. The other thing you've got to remember as well, too, I think people get a bit bored, don't they? They're doing the same sort of job all the time. So it gives them a bit, little bit of Friday. Some people you drag in, I must admit. Uh, some people are, you know, why is this relevant to be? What's the point in that? They do the, the six-week course or whatever Nicola has set for them. At the end of it, they think, I really enjoyed that. Wasn't anywhere, you know, in there as bad as I thought it was going to be. Does that tend to be the older members of, um, I say, say that with the greatest respect, the older members of the staff, the people that have been there the longest, how is it training people who've been there a long time, who know what they're doing, who can sort of do the job in their sleep? Yeah, how, how is it training those sort of people? But we use that skill. So I'm using that skill and that knowledge of those people to share it with the people who haven't been there so long. So you know they've all got different skill sets they've all got different levels of knowledge on different areas and it's been really interesting to use that so at the moment I'm working with the technical department on product training and what I'm doing is helping them to facilitate that and get it into training manuals to get it into a um, training modules for staff we're developing it in different ways so the warehouse staff will see a different module to maybe the internal or external sales staff but yet everybody across the board will have product training in different ways and that's not just about UAP's products we're looking at their clients products so that they've got a greater knowledge of what they're who they're selling to why they're selling that product why is it important in that industry if they were selling a fire product what what happens in fire door testing what happens with legislation so we're really opening out what you would traditionally just teach them maybe what you think they need to know but instead of that we're 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 giving a wealth of knowledge in different ways 
I'm a massive fan of visual management. So, you know, in the warehouse, we're going to be putting up a lot of visual management um, tools to aid them picking and packing their products. If you were looking at external sales, they might want more legislation and, and things that will help their clients. So what we're doing really for the autumn is we've come up with a suite of products that are specific to UAP, training modules, and then all the staff will get individual training in different ways. So using those older members of staff that, you you know, they might be quite young, but they've been there a long time, like Wendy's been there a long time, utilising the technical guys, some of them are more mature than others, and using their skills, and I really facilitate it and get it, you know, and drive the programme and get them to put those things together so that the knowledge share within the company is, is much better. And that's working really well. So as you've been running these sessions, what have you learnt about your staff? What are the sort of things that you've learnt about your staff? <laughs> Quite a lot of interesting things, to be honest. I think sometimes, like, if you go into, uh, you know, you look at top management and you, you go into a board meeting and you're all sort of inverted, you go in around a board table and you, you put your presentation forward that you prepared the night before and you're all, you know, you're totally confident and people look at you and think, oh, yeah, they definitely know what they're doing. Sometimes underneath that, you're not as confident as you make out. So when you break that down, it actually was quite surprising that I don't really call anybody a weak person, but, you know, you have people that need a little bit more mentoring than other people. There's people that get on with it and they don't need any reassurance or anything. But then sometimes they might be weak in another area, but they would never admit that. So sort of breaking it down... It's allowed us to sort of focus on the training. Initially, um, Nicola did the training, and it was literal training. The more we broke into the staff then, we realised then some of this is mentoring. So we had some people in key positions that in the forefront, they were like, yeah, I bang, 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 I can do this, I can do that. But then, then maybe then personally were had a few issues that they just needed to talk about. They needed to get, get them out of the system. Probably you didn't want to talk to your director about it because you didn't want it to affect your job. So Nicola almost became a little bit of a counsel that, you know, you can sit and talk to someone. And then Nicola could then give them, not answers back as such, but an example of how she would do with it and why because of her previous previous uh, jobs and previous experience. So, yeah, it's been a really, really good insight. This sort of training and these sort of sessions, are these something that you would have been running with UAP regardless of COVID or has COVID given you more of a time and scope to do that? It's definitely the method that I choose. Um, I'm, I'm very much a let's work together, not I'm, te- I'm sort of teaching you something. I learn every day. When I'm with, with them, it's increasing my knowledge. Um, so that's definitely my the way that I work. And when I first met with Wendy and David and, and we looked at the concept and the ideas that he had, um, it's very much what I, I, you know, how I work. And I think what we've been fortunate because I've had their undivided attention through um, when they're not being at work, but they're able to train. Um, It's also been a distraction for them uh, to to do something different. And maybe we would have um, taken longer during year one to do some of the things that I've wanted to do, but I was able to have more time with people, um, which, which was great, and learn more about people. So it was really good. It's been absolutely fascinating this first half to our chat ladies. Thanks so much. After the break, we're going to find out about how Nicola came up with different ways of training staff during lockdown. And we'll see you then. So welcome back, Wendy and Nicola. 
during lockdown, because we're all thinking about that, aren't we? You encouraged employees to learn different things through the UAP training schemes. How was that received? So did some staff expect to just be able to kick back or did they expect to, to get enhanced training? Um, I think right at the beginning, everybody, it doesn't matter who you were, um, you know, it was very different, wasn't it? And it takes a little bit of time to adjust. So, you know, lots of us who continue to work like myself um, and I'm in networks with other uh, business owners, find yourself staring at the screen for a little while and and wondering where to start and how to develop things in a different way. So you've got to give people that um, little bit of of time, really, haven't you, for that. But once we started um, and we did that quite quickly, then it was very um, easy to get people engaged. Um, They really took it on board. It was nice for them to see their colleagues because if they've been working in an office, I think about the internal sales department, they work together, you know, all day, every day. You spend more time at work sometimes than you do at home with your family. And they'd gone from one day being together for a long period of time to nothing the following day. So it was an opportunity for them to get together in groups to think about things within the working environment that they hadn't had time to do when they're so busy, because it's a very fast-paced environment at UAP in every department. And I think that I didn't come across one person who didn't receive it you know, positively. What about you, Wendy? I think on the the training, there, um, everybody at Darkness at, at, some, at some point uh, were in furlough. I personally had some staff that welcomed the interaction, some people, yeah, did fall off the radar, uh, were really interested in engaging. Um, but that's where you've got to then be careful in, in people's mental health state. Those people that do not have any contact, I made it my mission to, uh, in my section, to actually personally ring them, make sure I kept in contact with everybody. Little chat here and there. Doesn't necessarily have to be about work. It was just to engage them. Because we kept that sort of regular contact then people said, no, if you've got five minutes, just log on. Some people didn't have computers at home. Some people didn't have laptops. So we provided laptops for them um, to, to do the training. Some people did all the training courses that we set up. Uh, some people did a handful of training courses. It didn't really matter. It was just all about engaging people and just trying to keep their mind kind of going with that. And if there are different things that you're encouraging the staff to learn and you do get pushback, do you then amend how you're teaching yeah. it or do you, how does that work? Yes, I think, I, you know, obviously, like Wendy said, I try to make it as personal as I can to the people. When they filled in originally their CPD and we looked at learning styles and we looked at ways that they, what they've done in the past, what they liked doing, um, I, I tried to tailor it to make sure that we're getting the best out of the individual and that they're, um, you know, that they enjoy it because uh, there's no point, you don't, you don't learn anything if you're not enjoying the subject and you're not engaged and you're not enthused. Um, and, and so if it, if it doesn't quite work and it doesn't always quite work, then we can revisit it in a different way. But also during the session, I can, I can, it's quite, Zoom is good for that because you can see all the faces. You're not just looking at one person around the room. I can see whether they're taking it in, whether they find it they're engaged or whether they're playing on the mobile phone or what's ha- you know, how it's going down. And you can alter it. You can say the same message in two or three different ways in a different, you know, uh, and um, replay it in a scenario or do it as a sort of instructional, um, it's, it's all sorts of ways. So it, I think that that um, certainly we adapt it when we can, yeah. A more personal touch then, because I think a lot of a lot of companies that I've been involved in can very much go right. We'll do a, we'll do a platform. Uh, there's a lot of training videos. Go and watch them and tick off, and and that's it. But people they don't really engage in that. So sort of. 
doing that personal touch that you can see people you're not only looking after the welfare and mental state of that person you're also bringing them into a group you know which soon is new to everybody when we in top management started doing our uh, management meetings on zoom it was like oh this is weird you know so for everybody everybody had to adjust as a different the whole world's different now isn't it and the whole way we look at things is different but they they, they embraced it and and they really worked well with it so I think we uh, we achieved it quite well. I was going to ask, do you think that um, the Zoom training sessions were actually quite a nice distraction from what was going on in the wider world? You know, when you when you bombarded with negative news. Definitely, I think I think it sort of takes you out of the, the worry. You know, that one of the biggest things with COVID is fear. People are scared. You know, people are scared of. You know, first of all, their health, their 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 loved ones, their their family, their their mum and dads, and and their children. They're feared of going out to the supermarket. Um, they are feared of money. You know, if money's a big thing. They're feared of losing their job. They're feared of not doing the right thing. So fear is a very, very big thing. And I think we try to embrace that as much as we could. You know, bringing uh, the well-being. We use Skype as a business. So we did a well-being group with all the staff in it. Not everybody engaged in it, but not everybody had to engage in it. It was just a little community that we all sort of spoke in and said, oh, we're doing this today, we're doing that today. Marketing led that. Um, so they did a fantastic job. We're putting little daily challenges on. So it could be like... Who's going to take a picture of the, uh, something in the sky today? Can someone take a picture of whatever? And it was a little competition. That, say not everybody engaged in it, but a lot, it got a lot of people thinking. And it takes your mind away from all them worries and concerns and fears that you had. For that, whether it be an hour a day or whatever it may be, it was just a little, you know, just to try and engage them and make them feel as, as if they're part of a, a bigger family, really, outside of their own personal life. And sometimes, would you agree, Nicola, that even if you think staff aren't engaging, maybe they're just the quieter ones that are watching, but actually it's really important and really critical for them? Yeah, that's a really good point, because not everybody is as vocal as somebody else. Um, And sometimes you can see that people are taking it on board. And after sessions, I might get a personal message from somebody saying, oh, I really enjoyed that, when they might not have contributed as much as somebody sitting next to them. But they certainly got a lot out of it. And maybe that had led, some of the time, that led to individual mentoring. So we might have been looking at, um, you know, a particular area of their work that they'd like to improve or just um, to discuss how things were going in their department and and any ideas. Loads of people had really creative ideas of what they'd like to do and how they'd like to, you know, when they got back to work, what they'd like to implement. And really that that led sometimes to that one-to-one mentoring that Wendy talked about earlier on, which was quite important, I think. Is doing more sessions with people at home or virtually on Zoom something um, that you see both of you happening much more now going forward? Without a doubt. This year, uh, uh, you know, with UAP, it will definitely all be online. You know, we're heading into the winter. I think it's really important for us to keep that level of engagement up and to make sure that the staff feel as supported while they're back at work that they did when they were off. So I think that the... And and this is a great platform. You get to see people... it's, It's really, really interesting because at work, you get to see people dressed like you know for work and and all of those that you know things that go along with being a professional person but actually seeing their cat or their dog um, and, and we all know we're sitting in a pair of leggings with your slippers on <laughs> all of those things really make the human touch and it really gives you a, a much nicer training environment sometimes because everybody's more relaxed and they don't feel like they're in work attending a training course and they're then they, they've they're far more creative 
and they come up with really good ideas and they and, and they solve the problems in their departments themselves so you might put it out there about there might be an issue with a procedure or a system or how are we going to look at this and almost I facilitate it and, and they, they come up with the problem but they come up with the solution and it's really really interesting to watch so we'll, from my perspective that's how we're going to, to um, progress it's a style that I prefer do you feel the same way, Wendy? Regardless of COVID, do you think that, that Zoom and the online will? Yeah, definitely. I think um, the groups that Nicola did, um, she obviously invited the director of the group in, into the session, but sometimes it's just better that that person's not there. So, you know, it may be that some of the staff may not be as focal if I was in the group. Uh, if I'm not there, you know, they can throw out ideas. Some people don't want to throw out ideas because they don't want to look stupid. You know, no idea is stupid, is it? But sometimes if you're a bit shy, you don't want to sort of speak out in that way. So that's also good. Yeah, outside of COVID, definitely, you know, COVID's going to be around for a very, very long time, in my personal opinion. So I think we all have to adapt the, the way we currently work. We are, as a business, trying to bring people back to the work environment one or two days a week. So online methods are definitely going to be about. Um, it's also a good chance to kind of certainly in operations get people from the warehouse, stop what you're doing, just sit in an office or you know in front of a computer and try and do a little bit of training on one to one rather than sort of it's very much face to face. We used to always say when we when we go to China and see see the suppliers, you get a lot more resolved face to face. Doing Zoom is exactly the same. You know, you can see people's reaction. You you telephone someone and you can't see what what they're thinking because you can see people's reactions and it's just exact same as being in a room. So for me, it's no difference. If anything, as Nicola says, when people are in their own home environment, they're probably a little bit more relaxed with their fluffy slippers underneath the table and they're just <laughs> relaxed with a cup of tea behind the screen and stuff, you know. So it's a nicer environment, I think, and it puts people a lot more at ease and they then can embrace the training a lot easier than actually being in maybe a boardroom environment when you're not you're not used to sort of being around people that you don't usually work with you bounce off people a lot easier so yeah it's definitely the way forward you know there's advantages for a business as well to do training in this way I mean it's very flexible you can reach more people the cost is lower you're not taking them away from their desks for a long period of time so that although the disadvantages of face-to-face and maybe interaction with actual people around a table is not there you certainly have got lots of advantages for a business in order to 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 develop your staff in this way and it's not oh and we look for specific training courses if somebody needs to do something this is this is blended learning really where we're doing things alongside those traditional methods that you might need for health and safety for other elements of legislation and training but this blended learning leads it sort of lends itself quite well to things like a, pla- a digital platform because then the the um, employees can do it at the end of the day they can do it in their lunch hour we can just I can take people from different departments at different times whereas logistically that would be a nightmare for a business now it's not it's, it isn't so I think we can use it to our advantage and it and it plays well to the sort of blended learning that we're trying to do Thank you so much, ladies. Um, I've really, really enjoyed hearing about how you've been so positive with the staff training during what's been a really difficult time for many businesses. So thank you very much. That's all for this episode of the Hardware Intel podcast. Thank you to our guest, Wendy Rushton from UAP and also Nicola John from NJJ Business Consultants. Don't forget to subscribe, 
and we'll see you next time.